I always say like Disney kind of ruined it for us because they made all these cartoons with all these talking animals that are really cute. And we just, you know, we're, we're like, well, we can't kill the, you can't kill the cow. We can't, we can't kill, kill the chicken. They, yeah. yeah. They're like yeah, our friends. Yeah. Right. And but it's what like about the crop deaths, you know, they should make cartoons with, you know, spiders and rabbits and deer being brutally murdered during the harvest season. Yeah. So right. Then... Yeah. But it, <laughs> so it's like, that's, and, and that's the fact of the matter is like, there is no, no kill diet. Out of Sacramento, California. What you gonna do? Better. Stronger. Son of a bitch. Faster. Oh, yeah! Are we recording? Okay, cool. So we're here with uh, Dr. Sarah Zaldivar. Is that how you say it? Correct, yeah. I get it right? Yeah. Yeah, and so right. the reason I wanted to talk to you is because... I'm always on social media looking through things and I come across like, you know, a photo of, of you. I think you were like standing on the beach or something. Right. And I'm like, right. who's this? And I'm like, carnivore. Like, wait a second. Like, yeah. it's really rare to see women doing a carnivore diet. I feel like they're kind of afraid of it. They maybe think it's uh, crazy, but you look fantastic. And I'm scrolling Thank through you. and I stop and I go, wait, that's a car. Like, that's so cool. Right. And I want my brother and I, my brother, Mark and I, um, we've been doing these kind of diets for a really long time and we really believe in it. And we just like to push health to people. And the more people we can find that can attract other people to it, you know, mm -hmm. the better it's like, we want everybody to yeah. be healthy. You know? I agree. 100%. Every time I find out somebody's a carnivore, I get excited because I feel like there it's a minority of people who've been exposed to this way of eating. And I feel that, um, like you said, women aren't generally like we're afraid of red meat yeah in general and of fat in general so uh if you if i do come across somebody who's eating red meat it's often a male but i've noticed now a little bit more women in this year and that's great but not even close to enough because i feel as you try a carnivore way of eating and as you learn more about it you realize there is no turning back yeah it all makes sense Right. And especially after you, you try it and you experience the increased energy, increased mental clarity, um, better mood, um, skin clearing. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I, there's no way I can remember every single symptom that got resolved. Yeah. Um, so then then it all clicks and it all makes sense. And then you start realizing that, well, the studies aren't being done because there's not enough financial incentive sure. because you're not going to make as much money pouring money into red meat, right? You can't patent red meat. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're going to study all kinds of different foods, high fiber foods, high carb foods, because you can introduce them in different flavors and different packaging, and you can constantly be making tons and tons of money. And so that is, uh, that is, how then you understand that even the science is incomplete and you can only be limited by what people have bothered to publish so far. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So you know, it, and going through this like whole carnivore experience. So we got in early, you know, so, um, I, I my story with carnivore is pretty crazy. So I moved to Los Angeles in 1992 to go to USC film school. And um, when I moved to L.A., 
I went to Gold's Gym and it was around like 93 or 94. I was training with this guy, Mike O'Hearn, who's like a big fitness influencer. Oh, I know him. Power yeah, lifter, yeah. yeah. And uh, I was really strong. So I was like able to go in and, and lit, you know, do squats and deadlifts with him. He was like into powerlifting at the time. And, um, you know, I, I think I was squatting like 600 pounds or something. And we had a trainer and the guy's name was Ron Fedko. Ron Fedko is actually the head of computer science at Stanford now. He's like a really brilliant PhD. You know, he had his PhD in uh, like physics and applied mathematics. He's just super genius. He actually ended wow. up winning an Oscar, an Academy Award for special effects in movies. He figured out how to make like, you know, water particles and all, like all these weird things, you know, that they used in some of the biggest movies in Hollywood. But Amazing. he was absolutely crazy. Like totally obsessed with lifting and just like really focused in on it. And he was really ripped, you know, and I, I was like envious of his physique and I was a 240 pound fat kid from upstate mm -hmm. New York, you know? And right. so I said, you know, he said to me, he's like, you know, you would be a really good power lifter, but you're just too fat. And he was really blunt about it. And it kind of like hurt my feelings, you know, I'm like, oh, of you know, course. And he's like, you throw on your squat suit because we used to wear these like tight suits. He's like, you look like a blueberry, he would tell me because it was a blue squat suit, you know. And I was just like embarrassed. I'm training with Mike O'Hearn, who looks like a god and right. this other guy who's shredded. And uh, I said, I, I just don't know what to do. That's the problem. I'm like, I've been lifting forever. I can tell you everything about training, but I don't know anything about nutrition. And he mm -hmm. just looked at me and dead in the eye and said, red meat and water. And I was like, what? He goes, red meat and water. And he's like, that's what I want you to eat up until your next competition. And I'm like, just that? And he goes, yeah, just that. Don't eat anything else. Not even a stick of gum. And I'm like. So you were like 18 when that happened? Yeah, uh, 19, I think. Yeah. Wow, that is a very early introduction. You're yeah. very lucky. And I was in college at the time, right? So I was broke. Right. So I would go buy. So I don't believe the excuse that you can't do this when you're broke. I was in college with no no money. I mean, I worked at a bar. That was my only income. And I would buy these big five-pound gross, like, kind of logs of, you know, 73, 27 beef. And I would cook that up. And me and my roommate both did it, which was fun. So my roommate, he went on to become a strength coach at Montana State. So it was like interesting because he was like really into lifting and everything too. So we just had these giant slabs of beef in our freezer and a giant like mustard thing because like we had to put something on it. So we put like Golden's mustard on it and, um, and we just would, we would eat that every day. And so I went from 245 pounds down to like 196 on a carnivore diet and I actually got stronger. And when people wow. saw that, they were like, what are you like? This is so crazy. What are you doing? So then like, you know, life gets in the way and things happen. And I went on and I made a couple of films and stuff like that. And I just ended up, um, I was in like, pretty good shape. Faster. No, no small films. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was, um, I was in pretty good shape for a while, but then, um, like I started getting in a lot of pain and everything started to hurt and I needed a double hip replacement surgery and all these things happened to me. So I went down this really bad path of uh, drug addiction, alcoholism, everything because of pain, just simply because of pain completely. So it all started with arthritis. Yeah. I had arthritis at a very young age. I had my first knee surgery at like 16 years old. So I've always had issues kind of like Michaela Peterson. Yeah. I was about to say a lot of similar issues. And what was uh, fascinating to me is uh, I went into Gold's Gym one day, and the guy that I trained with then, this is only a couple years ago, 
He said, hey, had you heard this guy on Joe Rogan? He just eats meat. He's a doctor. He's really crazy. And I'm like, well, that doesn't sound that crazy to me. I used to do that. And I immediately like went home and listened to the podcast, and it was Dr. Sean Baker. And uh, as soon as the podcast was over, I got on Twitter. I'm like, let me see if this guy knows. Like the, the good fortunate thing about Mark and I is like people know who we are. So yeah. I hit him up, yeah. and I'm like, hey, you know, uh, would you like to come to our gym? Would you like to uh, do an interview with my brother, whatever? And he was totally down to do it. But he said, I'd just like you to do the diet first for like two weeks. And I did it for two weeks, and it just, it was life-changing. It really, like, I really love Sean just for the fact that he, in Clementina. It was literally like the day after he was on Rogue, and I'm like, boom, I'm, I'm back in, you know? Wow. And I had only done it like back when I was like 19. I did it for about three or four years, like on and off. But then after yeah. I did that, I just stuck to like a low carb diet. Back then, yeah. nobody knew anything about like anti nutrients. Nobody knew about like plant toxins. Nobody knew about seed oils. Nobody knew about any of this stuff. This stuff is all relatively, you know, new information. And that's very interesting that there wasn't as much information. I mean, I went through my whole education, not ever, ever being taught about an anti-nutrient. I was like, what is an anti-nutrient? I had no idea until I picked up um, the plant paradox by Dr. Stephen Gundry, and he mentions them. And yeah. that was just a few years ago. It's quite shocking. So um, it's very interesting that you did a carnivore diet without all of this information that we have available to us nowadays and and it worked for you didn't you have any limiting beliefs like um can i lift weights without any carbs you know all of the especially for athletes in a great way i was too stupid you know what i mean like i was a film yeah, yeah. i was in film school i didn't really care about diving into learning about nutrition uh i didn't you know, I didn't want to see if there was anything else out there. He just said, hey, yeah. red meat and water. What I found, though, through working through the diet is I don't think red meat and water is necessarily the answer. I think uh, I think a meat-based diet is a better answer. And if you look at things like, you know, I, I like to pick apart things that people say. You know, so I look at the work of, like, Paul Saladino, and he's like, oh, just eat meat, blah, 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 right? Yeah. And he does, the, like, the nose-to-tail thing, whatever, and he'll say to not, like, not eat chicken, but there's actually more vitamins in chicken than there is in red meat, and there's more minerals in red meat than there is in chicken, right? So to me, it makes sense to eat all of it. And I love Paul. I've worked with yeah. him a lot, and I, but I, I do a lot of times, like, disagree with some of the stuff that people yeah. – people push, yeah, I don't right? think you're, you're ever I don't think there's all, ever going to be somebody you're going to agree with 100% at all times and, and that's in a way that's good because otherwise everybody would think the exact same thing and we, we all have different experiences and depending on your experiences the podcasts you read the books you read all those things you're going to have different variations like for example when I started doing uh, carnivore and being intrigued with it I was like yes manuka honey go for it and Paul Saladino was talking all the great things I was like this is awesome but recently and I, this video is about to go up on my channel like this week uh, I did a complete u-turn and I'm like there's just no way like because it might be helpful but if but if you're doing it for why I'm doing it, which is not just to feel your best and drop body fat and all those things, but also for anti-aging, to not get wrinkles when you're still in your 30s, 
and to not start seeing, you know, accelerated aging, um, then it's not going to be helpful to get all the methyl glyoxal. This is like the active component in Manuka honey and Manuka honey has like the highest dose of that. So yeah, you're always going to definitely not agree with hundred percent with everybody else. And you're going to change your yeah. views as you go along. I would really love to hear you because this is great because I've never really spoken to you before. I just like hit you up and like, Hey, let's talk. Cause I, I like not knowing the story. So can you go over yeah. like how, as a woman, how did you get into all this? Like what sparked this, you know, were you in bad health? Were you just looking for an answer? Yeah. I wouldn't say bad health, like terrible, but like, like autoimmune conditions or things like that, but little things here and there, but a lot of them that overall lowered my quality of life. So always struggled with weight, always um, very difficult, you know, to drop body fat and maintain that um, acne, uh, a real struggle. It actually that my acne struggle is probably the thing that guided me into carnivore very long time ago. So when I was 18, I, uh, I did everything, you know, birth control pills, spironolactone, two rounds of Accutane, um, three months antibiotic course for nothing worked except the spironolactone, but that's because it, it mimics like a low carb yeah. situation in the body. Accutane and, uh, is rough too, right? My hormones. Huh? Like Accutane is a really rough drug on your liver and stuff, I believe. Yes, it's yeah. very high doses of vitamin A. It's it comes like with a warning, you know, all that kind. Of, and now it's pulled from the market. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah. You can't. It's no longer on the market. So nothing worked, and uh, because of that frustration, I came across Dr. Lauren Cordain. Dr. Lauren Cordain yeah. is like the grandfather of the modern paleo movement, and that's and he was the the, the book name was called um, the Acne Cure. Huh. And I read it and it basically talked about a paleo diet and I did that and it worked to a degree. It worked like 90% improvement compared to all the other drugs I took, but I still had like very, very little like whiteheads, like under the skin Like you can't, it's the color of the skin really, um, but like bumpy, you know, mm -hmm. and that never really went away until I did low carb as well. Yeah. So from, you know, paleo went into keto, and then eventually went into carnivore. And something you said earlier that I thought it's, it's, it's what I say all the time. It's like, I did the worst possible thing. I thought that becoming a dietitian and, you know, doing my education in this field is going to shortcut my way to optimal health, you know, like I'll lose weight. I'll have perfect skin. I'll be like the best version of myself in record time. And that was the complete opposite of what happened. You got convinced on a carnivore diet like that. It was like, yeah, this is great. I'll do yeah. it. <laughs> For me, it was very difficult to convince me because here I am being brainwashed in traditional academia that any, any diet other than what the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics recommends, which is this high carb diet, you know, and all the grains and all the beans, any other diet is automatically labeled as a fad diet, even the diet that made us human, which is a carnivore diet. Yeah. So for me, it was the hardest thing to accept. It took me a very long time. And the only reason I was able to come to this conclusion is because I just persisted in, like I couldn't accept that I was always going to be pudgy or I couldn't accept that I was always gonna struggle with my skin. I was like, there has to be, I will try everything and I'll never stop trying. And that's why eventually by reading the books and doing tons and tons of research until finally decade, a decade later, if not a little bit more, 
finally arrived at a carnivore diet. Yeah, and what when you saw the like carnivore, what um like who was the person that you sort of saw or like was there anybody that you know, like influenced you specifically? Yeah, I mean, I it's difficult to know like who was the exact first person, but I think it all happened at the same time because once it was on my radar, maybe maybe it was a Michaela Peterson or Joe Rogan or her dad, Jordan Pearson, and then Sean Baker. Like I, I watched all those things and they were all happening within the span of like a few months of yeah. one another. So it's difficult to pinpoint. And at the same time, I read the Plan Paradox also around that same time. So it all kind of happened together. It, it's almost as if it like, it was one, one major theme that I became obsessed with yeah. and read upon, you I, know, and- I also have some, some, you know, a little pushback on the carnivore diet myself too, you know, like um, people will say, oh, I, I did it and my arthritis went away. And it's like, no way. There's, there's just like, that doesn't have, like not my arthritis, you know what I mean? I've done it right. where I just ate red meat, water, you know, for, two months straight yeah. and like I did I yes I feel better but it doesn't get I mean I have a lot of pain I mean I needed my hips replaced at 35 years old so my arthritis wow. is pretty bad you know and yeah. um yes it will go down um when I'm on a carnivore diet but by no means does it get rid of it I still take stuff for pain um mm -hmm. I I try to use like natural pro products like I did a whole movie about kratom because I think Kratom is a great way to get out of pain with something that's natural as long as, you're, uh, as long as you're familiar with the fact that like, hey, too much of anything can be bad for you, right? Like if you take it all day long, yes, you can have a dependency issue with it. Some people get into that. I've never gotten into that. I take it, I get out of pain, I go train. Uh, to me, it's my mm -hmm. favorite pre-workout. Like you know, it's just a natural, really? it's a plant-based opioid that is oh just God. not nearly as strong as like Vicodin or Percocet, which I was addicted to, you know, uh, for a long I... time. So to me, stuff like that is like a miracle along with a carnivore diet. So I think it all kind of goes together. And then also, yeah. um, back when um, my brother and I were on Joe Rogan's podcast, I think like three or four years ago, and um, this was like after Sean Baker was on there, and he specifically had us on to talk about the carnivore diet. And he's like, you know, I wanted to see what your guys' experiences are because, like, you know, I, I've heard from Sean Baker and I want to hear, you know, what you guys think. And I said, well, I've modified it. I eat meat and fruit. And I don't know if you listen to Joe Rogan, but right now he's on this meat and fruit kick. And I think a lot of people, even Paul Saladino, are on this meat and fruit kick. And, um, yeah. you know, my brother and I have been doing that for a long time because we found – what I found is that um, I don't really love vegetables, so I don't really eat many of them. I might have like a salad, like maybe a salad a week or something. I do think greens and fiber can be good for you. You know, I know there is like one study that shows that people get rid of all their fiber. And then like everybody wants to use that study as like, well, there's one study that shows that. And to me, there's a yeah. lot of dogmatism in carnivore. There, there is a meta-analysis on top of that. That's not the only study, but I'll, I'll share that with oh, you. Oh, yeah, that'd be but great. No, I understand what you mean, yeah. But I, but I think like there is enough evidence that fiber could be beneficial, right? Like a little bit of it. Like, I don't, I don't know that you need a whole lot of it, but like. It's not the worst thing that you can put in your body. Yeah. If so you're not super sensitive to it. It's, it's definitely better than going to McDonald's. Yeah. And so like um, our friend Stan Efferding has this saying, compliance is the science, right? If you can yeah. comply, you can, you can make it happen. And um, I was having a really hard time with compliance. Like I was literally 
exactly. eating as much meat as I wanted to. And I, yeah. I just felt like I needed an apple once in a while. You know, if I, and I oh, said that on Joe Rogan, I said, yeah. if I could just have an apple, I'd be fine. You know, and then I, I started doing that and I realized like, oh, I don't get fat from eating an apple. You know, yeah. I don't, my back yeah. doesn't hurt when I eat an apple. And for some people yeah. that, that may be the case, you know, um, but for me, yeah. it, it was fine. It, and I did really well um, just on meat and fruit. So I've sort of continued to do that. And when I say meat and fruit, I usually throw fruit in just a couple days a week. Like I'll go to the store. I always have like apples and oranges at home in case I get hungry and I'll just grab yeah. one and eat it. But I do yeah. like getting like some chopped up fruit and I'll buy that like maybe like once or twice a week and throw it into yeah. my diet. And then the rest of the time, it's mostly mostly red meat, you know, um, and mostly yeah. we we have a meat sponsor, Piedmontese Beef, which has uh, I should get them in contact with you. Actually, they um, they have really lean beef, which is kind of cool because, um, you know, sometimes you don't want all the fat. But if you want if yeah. I want all the fat, I'll just eat like a, a regular steak. Um, but a lot of times right. I like to eat, I like to try to get in more protein and eat like leaner stuff. And I actually enjoy the leaner stuff, uh, a lot better. And it has enough fat to where it's good, yeah. but not too much fat. The wild versions of a lot of cattle actually don't have as much fat as mm -hmm. the conventionally raised ones. So you're kind of mimicking also a more natural form of cattle when you're doing that. So that's a great thing. Yeah. If you um, ever seen the Piedmontese cows are like ripped. They're muscular. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh, how funny. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to look them up. Yeah. Um, I do the same with fruits. So I went through a phase where I did um, just, you know, red meat and nothing else. And I don't have a strong enough reason to like not touch fruit. They don't affect me. And like, I don't have an autoimmune issue or something that's getting affected by it. So I feel that when uh, people kind of label me as a carnivore doctor, like I, w I never set out to become a carnivore doc doctor. Yeah. I just wanted to do YouTube. I just wanted to be like a good YouTuber and think of great video ideas and do things that I enjoy while, while also monetizing it. And then because I was doing carnivore and I was talking about it, people really loved that. And so kind of like throwing the label on me, but I don't like to identify as such. Yeah. But when that happens, it becomes you kind of feel subconsciously like you're pressured to only eat meat and if i want to eat something else i think about it and i, I kind of i almost feel hypocritical sometimes i'm like wait a second like hold on <laughs> just because i did videos touting the benefits of red meat doesn't mean i can't touch fruit or i'll have a salad sometimes if i really feel like having a salad i'll have it it almost rarely ever happens anymore but i i'll do it you know yeah now i did notice with salads though, that I do get soreness, like the next day if I train, it's strange. It gives me like more aches and pains. And then I'm like, wait, maybe I trained really hard the day before. And then, and then now I've noticed like it's happened enough times to the point where I think, I don't think it's the workouts because I'm always training hard and I rarely take recovery days, maybe one day a week. So it can't be that. It has to be the fact that I had a salad, yeah. some maybe nightshades and, or something. Yeah, it could be. And then do you, um, how do you feel about, because I know there's a, just such a big controversy and my brother and I have really been like digging to the bottom of this and I can't find any evidence that like seed oils are actually, you know, deadly or poison mm, or, or yeah. any of that. We've had several people on the podcast talking about it. I don't consume yeah. them anyway because I don't have a lot of salads, but I was just yeah, wondering what yeah. you thought about it. It's funny you say that because I have a student that I'm teaching right now because I teach at a 
Miami Dade College, an introductory nutrition course. And I have a student who is a devout vegan. Mm-hmm. It's really fun when we meet every week, you know, and yeah. he he's like into the science, you know, anything I say, he'll pull up the study. But what about this study? But look at this meta-analysis, right? So he's, um, it's fun. But at the same time, we were talking about seed oils and I was talking how awful they are. Don't put them in their body. And he, he, he was showing me all of these studies um, that are showing that they're, they're basically saying it's not the polyunsaturated or those, those inflammatory oils. But as a rebuttal to that, I actually dug into the research and I promised him that I was going to show him the evidence. So yeah. I was able to pull up a bunch of evidence. But it is true like I could not find like one recent meta-analysis done with randomized controlled trials, which is the holy grail, if you sure. want, or like the best quality kind of study. It's true. We don't have RCTs or randomized controlled trials enough that look at it and show a negative effect. But we do have a lot of studies that show, for example, if you are depressed, the your cells, the, the phospholipid, um, so, so your cells are covered by a fatty layer made of fat. And if you are in, in a state of inflammation, or if you have depression, that layer that uh, surrounds your cells will have a lot more of those seed oils, mm-hmm. those polyunsaturated, we call them specifically omega-6 fats. So it is true that we have a lot of studies like that. Like, there's a ton of those that show clearly that there is a lot of bias that would lead me to believe that omega-6 are not your friends, even in the form of a handful of walnuts, even, even like if it's raw, you know, even if it's sprouted, all that kind of stuff to lower anti-nutrients, you're still going to get a whole lot of omega-6. And if you just look at the basic biochemistry of omega-6 and omega-3s, Omega-3s are, everybody agrees, it's a great kind of fat. It lowers inflammation. We need more of that. Wonderful. The problem is that omega-6 competes with omega-3. So if you think you just ate a three-ounce wild-caught salmon filet and it gave you a bunch of omega-3s, but then you had a handful of walnuts, the omega-6 in the walnuts is most often going to compete with the omega-3s that you just ingested. So you're not really going to get the anti-inflammatory benefits from the omega-3s. And so that is the problem. The problem is not that omega-6 are terrible. If you don't get any omega-6 from your diet, you, you're not going to be able to heal a wound. Um, you're not going to be able to regulate your blood pressure. You're not going to be able to launch and uh, like a recovery after your workout. You need some level of inflammation to do that. All those yeah. things are necess- are needed, right? And you do that with omega-6. The problem is that Americans are eating 20 to 25 times more omega-6 compared to the omega-3. That's the issue. Yeah. It's so the, the ratio's way off. Exactly. So, you know, that's actually interesting because I don't think I get enough omega-3s. It's something like I always consider, um, Mm. you know, one of the greatest minds in the history of human performance, I think, is Charles Poliquin, who passed away like a couple of years ago. He was um, a trainer. He trained 19 gold medal athletes in different sports in the Olympics. He's He's just like he spoke like 10 different languages. He has a he had a library of every single thing ever written about sports like training. Like he had this gigantic library of like all these things that he's read about 
you know, training. He's invented a lot of the training things that we do now. And he would always recommend like high doses of fish oil to athletes. But I've always been like yeah. cautious of fish oil. Like, is it, you know, snake oil? Uh, it does, yeah. does it really have these benefits? Should I be taking fish oil? Should I be eating more fish? Like, I don't really like fish. So I'm trying to figure out like, yeah. how do I get these omega threes in? What should I be doing? What do you think on that? Yeah, I, I, I think it's also, it's not like, um, I, I'm not gonna say, yes, you must go and take supplements of fish oil as, as like everybody should be doing that. I'm not gonna say that. And the reason for that is because the vast majority of fish oil supplements on the market <laughs> are easily oxidized. They're, That's they're what rancid. I get into, yeah. yeah. Exactly, so you're basically taking in supplements of rancid oil. You do not want that. That's the worst thing you can do. Now, there are omega-3s in things like brain for example, yeah, um, in that biologically active form, because you don't want to get omega-3s from a plant source. It doesn't really convert sure. to the biologically active form that you can find from animal food sources. Now, either take organ supplements if you just want to be sure you're, you're not deficient in omega-3s, or I think more importantly than worrying about omega-3s is worrying more about your omega-6 intake. Because if you lower the omega-6 enough and you get high quality meat, you're still going to get some omega-3s from there. Mm -hmm. And so that can balance out the ratio. It's, it's that ratio. It's kind of like a dance between those two yeah. fats. Once you perfect that, then you have optimal health. I know there's tons and tons of studies and omega-3s showing great benefits. And I, I do get excited about it a little mm -hmm. bit. The only thing is whenever we're talking about something that can be supplemented, there's a, there's, the reason there's so many studies is because there's a lot of potential monetary gain. And so there are a lot of companies that get equally excited, yeah. but because they want to eventually sell you their product. So it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to tell with 100% certainty if everybody needs to supplement with an omega-3 or not. I err on the side of caution, and I do like to make sure my omega-3s are, are high, so I do do that. Um, what do you supplement do with? with? Use fish oil? Yeah. No, don't do it with fish oil. Oh. Krill oil. Krill, Krill oil, oil is better. Or cod liver oil. But if you're going to do cod liver oil, then we run into another issue because it seems that a lot of recent brands of cod liver oil, through a process of refining, they're stripping out the vitamin D. And then sometimes they go back and resupplement the vitamin D. Sometimes they don't. If they don't put back the vitamin D, you're in big trouble because now you have too much vitamin A. With gotcha. very little vitamin D, you run into vitamin A toxicity and people are now scared about, you know, vitamin A toxicity. It's not that it's a problem. It's a problem only because you need vitamin D to balance it out. So that's the only caveat here that I would give out for cod liver oil. Just pay attention which brand. I, I should probably do a video. You know, it's it's funny because it's like really hard to find these brand. things, right? Like I've actually been to like every supermarket in my area. And yeah. I've actually been trying to get like cod liver, like actual cod mm -hmm. liver, because I, I hear it's really good. Now you can get it on Amazon and stuff, but you know, the convenience of trying to get some of these things is difficult to find like a high quality krill oil. Like I, it's like, True. it's just a, you know, it's, it's kind of a hassle, right? To get some of these things. I'm trying True. to like- you have, It has to be th third party verified. Like I rarely ever buy something from a grocery store here. I'll usually do it online and I'll make sure that it's third party verified by um, like True ID or um, Consumer Lab or um, USP. 
or NSF, you know, those are like the big companies yeah. that come in and make sure that they actually check on the spread. supplements to make sure they're yeah, good. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cause it's, cause it's beyond the FDA's scope of practice for them to do that. It's not their responsibility. Yeah. They don't do this stuff. I'm kind of of the theory. Like I don't take a lot of supplements. I don't really believe in, you know, supplements, but, um, you know, especially with, uh, with what's going on, like, you know, everybody's talking about supplementing vitamin D and all this stuff like that. But um, do you, Yeah. I, I don't know, I'm kind of mixed on vitamin D. I, I feel like we've come to this conclusion that like, um, people can take all the vitamin D they want. I don't think it's gonna make them healthy. I think healthy people have better vitamin D levels, but I'm not sure exactly why. Yeah, you, you can know? make that argument given that vitamin D is a fat soluble vitamin. And so if you're taking supplements, but you still have excess body fat, and then you're gonna sequester that vitamin D is gonna be taken up by your fat cells. It won't really be biologically active. It'll be stored in your fat cells. So um, there are a lot of things that could affect your need for vitamin D. And just because you have high blood levels of vitamin D doesn't mean it's actually biologically active. Now, ideally, we would want everybody to be outside yeah. being exposed to sunshine, right? And that would be the best possible scenario. But since we can't all do that, then the next best thing would be to get a vitamin D lamp that would kind of mimic sunshine. Oh, I didn't even know they had those. They do. Yeah, I can send you links for sure. Yeah, I would love to see that because that sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because the form of vitamin D that you create upon exposure to UVB rays is different than the kind of vitamin D that you take in a supplement pill. One is water soluble, the other is fat soluble. So um, that would be the second best thing. The third best thing, in my opinion, would be to supplement with vitamin D. I'm still of the idea that it's good because I've had a personal experience with that where, um, and also genetically, like I have a mutation in a vitamin D receptor, meaning for me, I need a even more, a little bit more vitamin D than somebody else without that vitamin D mutation. So um, for me, I haven't been sick for nine years and I am yeah, I saw sure that on of, your uh, Instagram nine yeah. years no no flu no nothing no flu yeah it was a video that I did and I and I shared it all it was a YouTube video it says something I haven't had flu in for nine years and I also shared it as a thumbnail on my Instagram and um there are so many explanations for that I believe the keto thing because that's really when I started doing low carb and then the carnivore thing are two major reasons but also the vitamin D, because when I came to Miami, I was severely deficient in vitamin D and your traditional doctor, like at the student center, um, basically recommended that I only take 800 IUs, which is nothing. Yeah. Almost nothing. Yeah. And thankfully I didn't take her advice and I did my research and I did 10,000 IUs for a three month period. And only with that was I able to bump it up just a little bit, you yeah. know? And, uh, and so now I just take 5,000 IUs per day as a maintenance dose. Um, so for me, it's worked for me. Now, I think, uh, you know, different, I think Dr. Paul Saladino has, has some, um, some content on that where he talks about not supplementing and making sure you're getting it from the UVB rays. Um, I definitely would agree with him that that would be optimal, but yeah. I also know that I'm not going to be doing that. Like I, I have to be, you know, doing podcasts and preparing videos and doing things like that. So I just kind of do the second, third best thing that I am capable of doing. 
at the at the time. And also, one last thing, we're not going to say the name because we still are getting, you know, <laughs> we're not going to say what happened the past two years. You, you know what I'm talking about, the thing that's been going around the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we can't talk. Yeah, yeah, you get in trouble. Yeah. I, we get in trouble. I'm still traumatized. They gave me a warning on my channel because I did a, a video about a diet to strengthen your immune system. Um, and it had the name that in the title and I got a warning, they took it down and, um, thankfully it wasn't a strike, but you know, I was like, you know what? It's not like I set out to be, you know, I love health and stuff and I always talk about it, but I'm not gonna like, I can talk about other things. So I took it down and I took other videos related to that as well down. So yeah, it's not even worth it to get involved, right? It's like, right. Yeah. I'm not, I wasn't going to accomplish anything. Yeah. Other I, than maybe being I did get sick one time for like one day recently. I haven't been sick. Same with you. Like, like you, I haven't been sick for like, I can't even remember how long it's been. Um, since me or my brother, Mark, were ever like sick. Cause we do the same diet and training and everything. So we haven't been sick in a really long time, knock on something. Um, but I did get sick for like a day and then it just like, it literally just went away, you know? So I don't know. My vitamin D is always cranked up. You know, my vitamin D is always like 80. I know that like How getting out. Get so What's that? How do you get it so high? Um, well, I do take like one 5,000 IU pill a day usually. Just because, like, I'm brainwashed, and you know, like, I, I feel like, oh, I, I got everybody's saying to take this, but I really kind of don't believe in it. But I do that, but I also walk a lot outside, and a lot of times, like, even if it's kind of cold, I just take my shirt off and I walk a, a lot, you know, like around wow. by our gym and stuff. And so then, like, in the summer, every single day, we're out, you know, with shorts and our shirts off. So like. That's really good for you. Like we walk a lot, you know, I do probably 20,000 steps a day and I do it with no shirt on. So I think that that's a big deal of getting like vitamin D, you know, on your, on your actual skin. And they also say, I know from like uh, Dave Asprey and some other people have like looked into it extensively. Like they say to get it on your, you know, on your body, not just like on your face, not just on your arms, get it on your, yeah. on your body. Cause it's like the biggest target. So I don't know if that's true or not, but it's just what it, people have told me. So I figured yeah. why not roll with that. And so, yeah, usually every time I get my vitamin D checked, it's usually pretty high. Um, also like being on a carnivore diet, my, and I know it's not like, doesn't mean that you're invincible or anything. It's, and sometimes your HDL can be too high, but my HDL was like 97 on the last test, which is really high it's kind of crazy that's amazing yeah my yeah. doctor's I mean, like there, what are you doing and i'm like i'm just eating meat huh it might this was like during world carnivore month too so i might have just been cranking through like a bunch of meat but my doctor was like what are you doing i'm like i'm just eating meat that's all that's all i do you know i don't think i've ever heard anybody's hdl being at 90 yeah it's amazing it's 90 something yeah a 96 or 97 it was yeah it's crazy wow that's almost 100 now my ldl was also really high um, like 180 or something, but my triglycerides were like 37, right? So now we get into this whole cholesterol debate and is, you know, yeah. and, so and I'm just not it. really sure, you know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I would not worry about that at all. Um, it, the, especially since the fact that your triglycerides are so low, like this is a much stronger predictor for risk of heart disease than your total and LDL cholesterol levels. 
for your LDL cholesterol level, even it's not even that high. I know it is high compared to the American Heart Association's um, guidelines, but it's definitely not high. I would be much more worried if your LDL is actually too low, because based on a multiple studies, uh, meta-analyses, I think it was like, what, 26 out of 27 meta-analyses, they showed that uh, if, um, and this is Dr. Paul Mason that I'm getting this from, he has a lecture about that on YouTube, low carb under YouTube channel, check it out gems of information yeah. he yeah so he goes over the literature and he and presents all of these meta-analyses and meta-analysis is even better than an rct or randomized control trial it's like the gold standard of the gold standard quality type of study and it showed that having um, a very low ldl cholesterol and the lower your ldl cholesterol the higher your chances of premature death yeah Right. And they, they have that also have like a um, like some sort of study that like at the time, like I think 75 percent of the people that had a heart issue, like a heart attack and died. Yeah. They had like low cholesterol, Normal. like under 200. And you're like, exactly. well, if the mass majority had under 200, what are we doing here? You know, I, I don't know. And then like and then I'll talk to other people like I love Dave Feldman. I think he's a great guy. You know who he is? He does like yeah, a lot of cholesterol. Yeah, he's into cardio. Like he, he, he focuses on research for the heart and carnivore diet. For and cholesterol, yeah. And then I, I love his work and I kind of believe in a lot of the things he says. And then, you know, we had this other guy on my brother's podcast and I was on it also. And um, we brought up Dave Feldman and the guy like flipped out. And he's like, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about, blah, blah. And then this guy starts whipping out all these studies. And I'm not scientifically inclined enough to argue with the right. guy. You know, I just right. go, I, I'm a very, you know, I'm a film guy. Like I'm a very common right. sense person, um, right. but I do ask a lot of questions. You know, like I ask a ton of questions. I think a lot of the yeah. things that even that we've been talking about, I don't mean to ever shoot anybody down. I pretty much love everybody. I don't ever mean to shoot anybody down. But what I try to do is really shoot holes in the carnivore diet. Like I'll read Sean yeah. Baker's posts and I'll go over it and over it and over it to try to see if I can debunk it because I want, I'm not to debunk him at all, just to see like, you know, like a good scientist is rigorous in their, like finding the truth, right? And that's as the goal a, of a scientist to well, debunk their own hypothesis. And yeah. as a documentary filmmaker, like that yeah. doesn't, you know, work for Netflix, I, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to be unbiased <laughs> and, and trying to be uh, somebody who tells the truth yeah. and digs down, you know, into the truth. It's like recently crazy. I had this, girl tell me that her mother died from Kratom, you know? And I'm like, so I'm like, I need to see the autopsy. I need to see everything. And then you see the autopsy and you see a litany of um, other drugs in the system. She said, oh, she had no other drugs in her system. She died from Kratom. And then there's like 10 other drugs in the system. There's yeah. brain swelling from alcoholism. There's um, lung swelling from alcoholism. Like, and you're going like, okay, like I'm really trying to help you. Like I feel terrible for this girl and I'm trying yeah. to help her. But yeah. I think, you know, people see things one way and they don't ever want to change. She might not them. know, yeah. And, and I'm, more, I'm more curious in like really finding the truth. I think there's real value in really finding the truth. And I don't think enough people do that. Of they course. just, like, of I see course. some ridiculous carnivore posts and you know, a lot of times I just don't, I, I'll just, it's not even worth saying anything, but you know, you'll see, you'll see things where people will literally write, 
seed oil is poison. And you're like, well, you, you know, come on. You don't really know that. Like, let's not right, scare right. people. Let's tell people, hey, seed oil may not be good for you, but we know that nuance doesn't sell either. So you have to yeah. say something crazy yeah. and outrageous, you know? I No, I, I get it too. And, and, and it's sometimes you get... Um... You get into like like you you you're so believe like like you your belief in that thing is so strong that you just want other people to realize how important this issue is and so you might say something like that and uh, but yeah like when you go and you, you dig up the research well show me recent meta analyses that show that and sometimes when we are too much in our own little world talking to other carnivores it's difficult because we're not exposing ourselves enough to um, the counter argument, right? Like, or the other vegan doctors, you know? I so watch, I, I watch all the vegan doctors. I watch Mike the vegan and like, I almost like can't stand how snarky the guy is, right? I don't know if you know who he is, but, course, um, but at the same time, I really value his information. Like, I want to see where he's coming from. I want to yeah. dig down into his truth. And uh, obviously, he's very biased towards what he believes, and yeah. won't you know won't budge on it at all. Yeah. But I'm I'm no, kind of somewhere in the middle. Yeah. yeah, he's he's definitely cherry picking. He's here's the thing: if we only are, if the science was there in nutrition, we wouldn't have debates between carnivores and vegans. Right? <laughs> That's a great point. So yeah. all of this would be you know it, it wouldn't mean anything because we'd have the basic science. To prove it. The problem in nutrition, you can't do that because it is not a basic science. You can go into a lab, get a petri dish and do all the stuff and have a result that you have a very high level of certainty about. You can't do it. And the optimal diet, the optimal nutrition study to do would be to get twins, yeah. twins birth, regulate everything, everything around them, including the light, including um, the hobbies that they engage in, the activities, everything. For life, put them in a metabolic ward and make sure they're eating exactly the diet that you want to give them. Let's say a carnivore diet or a standard American diet or a vegan diet or whatever it is you're trying to study against and then see what happens. Obviously, this is never going to happen. And this is why nutrition is not just a science. We use the science as a tool, but if we if we are limited by what the science only says, nobody has bothered to study a carnivore diet, like yeah. a real random. Nobody well, it's has. too expensive too, and it's too hard, right? Like they did that one metabolic ward study in like 1930, where the two Was guys like instance? locked themselves in a thing and you know yeah. ate meat for a yeah, year. Yeah, that's the only one that's true. Yeah. But again, it's only two uh, two years, so it wasn't really, you know. I would totally volunteer for that if if somebody like compensated me for it. <laughs> I'd be down for it. Yeah. You know, like it sounds fun. I think fun. a lot of people would be excited to do that in metabolic word. Maybe like even if we can just get people in for six months, like that would be so amazing, the results of that study. Get a vegan, a carnivore, a Mediterranean diet. Everybody's so in love with the Mediterranean diet. <laughs> can yeah. do that. Pan American diet. Lock four people up and uh, put them in for six months in a metabolic ward study and see. That would be amazing. I think a lot of people would would volunteer for that. Yeah, I do like the Mediterranean diet as far as like at least it's got some like nice variety and some good foods in it, right? Like it's, but I don't think it's the best diet. I just think, you know, and I also, I used to say this, like, I think that if you like I don't know. I feel like if a if a if a whole food vegan, like they eat whole foods, they're whole food vegan, and they just added some eggs, which are like yeah. I don't know. People go crazy about that, but there's like they're not really harmful, 
for the chicken. Yeah. Like chickens lay eggs anyway, right? Like, and they're they're just on fertilized True. eggs. So I feel like if they just added eggs, that could be very, very healthy. But they just deny that part of it, and then they yeah. have these like hemp protein shakes instead and things like True. that. And it I just could don't... be helpful. It could be healthier for somebody with good genetics. If somebody has good genetics with no potential for autoimmunity, it, it might be better for them than a standard standard American diet where you're eating, you know, McDonald's. I, I'm, I'm talking a lot about McDonald's today yeah. for whatever reason, you know, you know, that kind of stuff or Snickers and things like that. But some for somebody like Michaela, a whole food vegan diet would not have worked, right? Um, so it depends. But I think you're right in the sense that the vast majority of people don't have such a sensitive um, immune. They can they have defenses against those anti-nutrients for a long enough period of time. The interesting so, thing is I see people like in the same condition though as Michaela that do a vegan diet and they claim the same thing, right? Because pain really? is so is subjective. Yeah. It's just like you know, what do you think? And so they're like, they claim that their pain has went away on a whole food vegan diet. Yes, I think also absolutely. Terry I see Walls, it a lot. If, have you, are, are you familiar with Terry Walls? She's, um, she reversed her multiple sclerosis on a whole food plant-based diet, very no. high in micronutrients. Yeah. She's a medical doctor who, uh, got MS and uh, literally got it to a point where she was in a wheelchair and she was able to reverse it. I may have seen but, like, does she have YouTube videos or something? Yeah. Maybe she has I like short hair, it. very well known. Huh. Terry Walls, T-E-R-R-Y Walls, W-A-H-L-S. Yeah, the Walls Protocol is her book, her thing. Um, and she was actually on Dr. Paul Saladino's podcast. I oh, remember cool. watching a little snippet of it. Um, and I think it has to do with the micronutrient density when you, but again, like she went from a traditional, like standard American diet to that. What would happen if she went from that to a carnivore diet? You see, that's, that's the other question yeah. or, or the, the other people that are getting better, let's say on a whole food vegan diet, what would happen if you put them on a whole food animal based diet? Those are the questions that we need answered. Um, because I see a lot of people doing better on a vegan diet, but that's only because they came oftentimes from of a really bad diet. Yeah, exactly. So that was a step in the right direction, but it wasn't the full step, you know? So those are the kinds of things that I think about. Yeah. Um, what, what I, was I going to say? The micronutrient thing is, yeah. is potentially, you know, like just boosting your vitamin and mineral. I had a question about that too. Like I have a lot of people ask me about things like, um, cause I just, my, in my mind, right. Some of the most popular supplements in the world are athletic greens. And then they have like, if you watch the news ever, they have tons of commercials for like balance of nature, which is like these plant, um, it's like, it's got over, you know, 50 vegetables in each serving or something, you know, some crazy yeah. thing like that. I see them on YouTube ads, things of that nature a lot. And, and yeah. I just wonder like, well, why wouldn't you, why, why isn't. Um, somebody like Paul, for example, like, like that's, that's what they should be advertising, right? Like we don't absorb the nutrients as well from plants. So why would you take a plant-based, um, greens when you could take an animal-based formula yeah. of vitamins and minerals that would seem to be a lot more absorbable, you, right? Yeah. You, you're, you're saying that Dr. Paul Saladino should run ads on his, um, Oregon supplement brand. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, well, I like, agree, I, I'm I sure it's, a, I'm sure that's like also a money thing, but I think people wouldn't believe it. Like, I think if Paul came on and he's in excellent shape and he said, Hey, buy my supplements. Like it's got all the vitamins and minerals and it's from liver. 
people be like, ugh. Like, you know what I mean? It's like a yeah. weird, I think we have a knee jerk. Think... We've been we've been brainwashed into like yeah. fruits and vegetables, fruits and vegetables, fruits and vegetables, yes. which I don't think are bad for people, but I don't think it's the best thing, you know? Yeah, it, they're not bad for most people is because they're giving you vitamins and minerals and yeah. the, the, those micronutrients, which is a, a huge, huge part of your health. I agree. I think also maybe because Dr. Saladino, I mean, this all just happened very recently. This yeah, yeah, it's new. Past, it's know? new, yeah. So he needs to get to a point where he's making like enough profit so that he can afford. Well, to he just needs to get back on uh, Joe Rogan again and then he can he'll be able to afford to do that, right? Like that's I, know, how... I think his Instagram went down though. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. I heard it's, that. that the second time and it's still not up. Oh, it's not this, back up again. It's not back up again. So we're being censored everybody. So yeah. Yeah. Well, he is a little pushy and so is Dr. Baker, but you know, I think we need yeah. that. Like I, I think <laughs> if, um, you know, I'm pretty, like, I don't go crazy on social media about stuff. I think if I did, I'd have way more followers. Like if I just yeah. said like blunt, things about like carnivore yeah. and was like full blast into it. I think I'd have a lot more followers, but I, I just yeah. can't do that. Like I have to, my, no, I think you're doing the right thing. I, 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 I'm, I have a fiery like personality. Like I, I'm like blunt too in the yeah. way that I'm thinking all the time. <laughs> That's how I am. Yeah. But I don't say it. Exactly. Yeah. I, uh, I choose to not do that because it's very easy. I get, you know, and sometimes I, I have to like not even be on Sean Baker's Instagram sometimes because I get excited. Like I want to reshare stuff. Yeah. But uh, I need to kind of call myself because if you want to reach much larger blocks of people, if you want to have more influence, it's never been like you can't achieve that by being so fiery um, from a very, like yeah. from the get, you know, I think you have to kind of every here, every now and then, like you can show people like your real thoughts about something, but as long as it's not all the time, because if we get canceled, then who benefits? You know, if you don't have enough carnivore doctors yeah. talking about this, then nobody wins. But even if it takes us, let's say, 10 years instead of five years, I'll take that over being completely canceled and not, you know, yeah. people aren't going on Telegram just yet, you know, unless you have a severe autoimmune disease. But that's a small minority of the population. I want to reach 100% of the population, you yeah. know, so that's, I do what you do. Basically. Yeah, you need to be a little bit smoother with your message, right? Like if you're going to try, you know, like, I don't think it's cool to like compare, like, here's my physique and here's a vegan doctor. And it's like. Well, yeah, who, like let's see all your blood that work thing, too. though, because we always win. Well, let let's see your blood work too. Like that's another thing, right? <laughs> like, um, or maybe yeah. uh, I don't know. Maybe that guy can run further than you. Like, I just I don't I don't think those are good. Yeah, necessarily. But I, I like, do think there's something to be said about that. Like, I, I think, think it's funny when I see it. Go out and be fiery and 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 you know come at us and criticize the carnivore doctors and do all these videos talking about Doctor Sarah Zaldivar doesn't read her references or you know being all snarky. Do you get a lot of pushback? Do you get you do you get killed uh, a lot on social media? I've got. I was on plant based news. Um, I think, uh, uh, lifting vegan logic, the Nutrivore twice. Um, oh, the Nutrivore I, I, is, uh, Nick Hebert, right? Who? Nick. Yeah. That's, that's the one, that's the guy, is. that's the guy that went crazy about Dave Feldman. But I also like, you know, oh. the other, the other thing that's, oh, the guy, that, no, he's, the guy is not. Yeah. So the other thing like, that's he, hilarious he is that. He didn't even understand the study that I was talking about. He pulled up something like, 
No, he's not into, he doesn't know what he's talking about. So that's what I'm saying is like, so we had him on the podcast Mm -hmm. and he just was like, I mean, he was pretty ruthless. Like he wasn't, I I don't think he's a nice person. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, this guy has no interest in health. His interest is not to eat um, animals. That's his interest. And he will cherry pick all the information possible to drive that. He His in, his main interest is not health. Well, you know, we all. had Kevin Bass come here and Kevin Bass writes a lot of crazy stuff on Instagram. And Kevin Bass and I got along so well. I think he's a great guy. He's cool to talk to. And like, he came around on a lot of stuff. He's like, you know really? what? This is really interesting. Like what you and Mark are saying is really interesting. Like I got to look this up. I got to I got to get into yeah. this. Got to get into that. So like it's not like he completely did a 180 or anything, but he just yeah. like I got some things from him. He got some things yeah. from me and we moved on, right? You're you're a good uh you're in a good place cuz you're you're it's not like they're targeting you, making videos against you and then, you know, you have to talk to them, right? You're like in a kind of like um like you're Sweden. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what so I want to be, right? Like, that's perfect. That's perfect. That's, you know? Keep doing what you're doing. I love it. Yeah, and try to, trying to, like, get both. Um, you know, I, my thing is, like, trying to get everybody involved, inclusion, right? The reason I have wanted to talk to you is because you're a woman. I don't see a lot of women. You know, Mark and I just went Ooh. to the hood in Atlanta, and we were, like, with um, – we were, we're helping a rapper named Killer Mike. Killer Mike's awesome. Okay. He's in uh, Run the Jewels is his band. And he's an amazing guy. And it was so interesting because, like, uh, like he ba- we went to, like, where he lives in Atlanta. He still lives in the same area that he grew up in. And he's trying to, like, revitalize the community. And we were, like, out walking on a track. And we're the only white guys there, you know. And um, it just felt so cool to be, like, I'm like, wow, this community really needs help. Like they really need this stuff. They really need to. So we're teaching him about a carnivore diet, more more like um, the diet we do, like fruit and meat, because he's on the road a lot. He's always traveling. Hyper carnivore diet. And it was so interesting, though, to like be like, like I said, be more inclusive. Like we're talking to the the whole black community about health and fitness. And I'm like, I've never got the opportunity to do that. Like I'm not around. Yeah, I'm just not around those groups of people very often. Right. Right. And so to be able to spread that message in a different community feels just so nice. Like it feels like I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing good things. And it's very simple. Like he took us to a barbecue place because he wanted to give us a challenge. Like it, we, I, we said, take us anywhere to eat and we'll show you what to eat there. And so he's like, okay. I, I got this place and he takes us his barbecue place. And we're like, Oh, no problem. Blah, blah. We just ordered a ton of different meats and colored yeah. greens, which I never had before, which actually was was fun. And we ate all this stuff and it was amazing. And then at the end of the meal, he's like, I can actually eat like this. I'm like, you can eat like that every day. You know, like I, I don't recommend like going to like barbecue, like don't dump a bunch of sauce on it. Don't put anything right. on it. I recommend right. that you cook at home. It'd be way better for right. you. But let's do the best that we can because sure. you're busy and you're on the road and you want to lose a bunch of weight. And it's been just really great to... um to work with somebody who's also like so appreciative of it, of it. Like, Oh, I never knew this. Like, yeah. I never knew that. And like, he watches like a lot of the Instagram stuff and he just gets confused. So Mark and I were like, well, let's just go yeah. there. Let's just go help yeah. him, you know? 
and it's fun. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of conflicting information on social media, and the the truth is there is no, and that's what my students always tell me by the end of the semester. It's like, oh my gosh, like who do we believe then? Yeah, and I'm like, there is no easy way. Just like in anything in life that you want to perfect, there is no easy way. Like just listen to that person, and you know you'll yeah. get your answer. You have to do the research, and you have to do what you're doing asking all these different people and challenging them. Like if there's something that, you know, just just ask about yeah. those things. I also think know? it's good that I, I don't have any financial ties to any of this stuff either. Like yeah. if I was pushing yeah. a book or pushing like a program or pushing yeah. like my practice, like I don't have anything to, I don't have anything to sell you. So it's like, I'm just True. doing this because this is what I'm interested in, True. you know? But, and all but the people even that if I you help, did, What's that? Even if you did, you 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 know, when when you're doing something out of passion, I can tell that what you do is because you're fulfilled and you're doing something fulfilling and the same way that I choose to do YouTube. I mean, there there are so many things I could be doing to make a lot more money. You know, yeah. we're choosing to do those things because this these things fulfill us. If I tell you the amount of brands that I don't get back to or don't work with because they're all kinds of like packaged foods that I mean, that's not what I do. That's not what I recommend. Yeah. You know, I could be making tons of money, but, but yeah, like it doesn't have to be just because, you know, you have a book doesn't mean you have to like use because you already are so excited about this thing. So like Mark and I just went to the Arnold and it was really awesome at the Arnold was that, um, you know, Piedmontese beef. We, we basically talked them, we got them into the fitness business because they have lean beef, like bodybuilders hate eating tilapia and chicken breast. Yeah. And some of the Piedmontese steaks are leaner than chicken breast. So it's like, why not eat red meat instead of eating chicken, right? Or just at least have the option to eat red meat Mm. instead of chicken if you buy certain cuts. So we were literally at the only booth that wasn't selling like a packaged product. Like we were selling meat, you know, we weren't selling it. We were just, we were just hanging out at the booth talking to people. Um, But that's very fulfilling. Like I had um, a guy come up to me who, he was an amputee, he had one leg. And he came up to me and he was crying and he said, I changed his life. He was an alcoholic and a drug addict and basically uh, started following me on like Instagram. And, um, he, you know, he had a battle with childhood uh, childhood cancer and that's how he lost his leg. And so he was just oh. severely depressed for a long time. So yeah. he started um, taking Kratom, doing carnivore, doing all, you know, started lifting all the stuff that I do. And he deadlifted 500 pounds with, with you know, with one leg. Which is amazing, you know. He's got a wow. He's obviously got a prosthetic, but like, yeah, that's sure. pretty crazy to be able to like inspire. Like, I cried when the guy was telling me because it's just like, of course. And none of these people, like, I don't charge any of these people. It's just because we love to do it. You know, we love to help them. So I, I know we didn't talk about the time. So you let me know with the time how you're doing, okay? Um, but I wanted to ask you about how did you? pull yourself out of addiction because this is something that people really struggle with. Yeah. You know, it's, I think that, um, people's environments and surroundings are very, very important. Uh, I have a family that's very supportive of me. I was really scared to tell anybody that I was, you know, doing, um, you know, I was, I was doing opioids and it just got out of hand because I was in a lot of pain and it started out as pain, but then it just turned into fun. Then it turned into mixing opioids with alcohol and it just got to be very, very uh, dangerous. And I got to a point where it just couldn't go on anymore. And then actually what was really interesting is I met a girl and um, that that was it. Like I met this girl that I really liked. I didn't want her to know that I was an alcoholic or anything, but then we started dating. And then uh, after we started dating, 
I was like, hey, I need to tell you something. You know, I have a problem with alcohol. And she's like, no way. And I'm like, yeah, every day, every like time you leave, I'll just take a bottle and just chug it. And she's like, oh my God, like, you know, what, what can we do to fix it? And so like, since she wasn't upset and she said, what, how do we fix it? I was like, I don't know, let's figure it out. And basically, you know, my brother got involved and uh, I went to rehab to fix it. And um, I just felt so guilty and shamed and like I was in trouble. And I think that's important. Like a lot of people don't have any, like if you don't have a good support system or good family, you don't care. Like you're down and out and depressed and you're like, screw it, I don't care, you know? So Mm -hmm. I had a good support system that helped rally around me. The other thing is I was in the middle of making my second film, Prescription Thugs, which is about the op- basically about the opioid crisis mainly, um, but really about prescription drug companies and how uh, they pay off all the politicians. And obviously, we're seeing a lot of that stuff going on now, which is insane. Um, but uh, like, I was in the middle of making this movie and I relapsed, so I had been clean for quite a while. And then in the yeah. middle of the making the movie, I I kind of relapsed on drugs and alcohol. And that's when I'm like, I got to go to rehab. Like, I got to, you know, fix this. I fixed it, and then I finished the movie. <laughs> and when I finished the movie, I put all the stuff in the movie. Like, oh, yeah, like, hey, by the way, I got addicted to all this stuff. and blah, blah. I, I put it all in the movie because I think it's important for people to see the, of course. the the real truth. And a lot of people were like, oh, that's so brave of you and whatever. I'm like, like, I don't think it was brave at all. It's just like, that's just who I am. You know, like, I'm I'm going to try to tell the truth as much as I can and try to give people a good message. However, I've learned along the way a lot of really awesome things that can really help people. Like, uh, for example, a lot of people have used Kratom to get off of opioids. You can't promote it that way. You can't sell it that way. Obviously, you know, it's um, not approved for that or anything. But um, I've literally seen people come off of alcohol, come off of um, opioids, come off of all sorts of drugs. Uh, just by simply taking Kratom as a sort of like a substitute. Um, But there's also a drug called Ibogaine. I made a little short film about it. Uh, Ibogaine is uh, from Africa, and it's a tree bark, and it literally reverses every addiction known to man. It also uh, got rid of all of my chronic pain for about four months. It's the most incredible plant I've ever seen or heard of. For four months? Yeah, it's a psychedelic, and it's it's an insane trip. You see like a whole movie of your life, like playing in your head. You re- revisit all like the past, you know, traumas and things that have oh, God. happened in your life. Scare me. And it's a couple day trip and it's wild. It's like a roller coaster ride. And I came out of it with like absolutely no pain, no depression, no anxiety, like feeling the best I've ever felt in my entire life. However, the day I, so the day that I came out of my Ibogaine haze, um, was the day the whole world got shut down. So it was back, It was March 16th, 2020. And so I was all ready to go out and attack the world and then everything shut down. And so then I had 10 weeks of like being completely isolated on my own, no gym, no nothing. I just walked right. every day. Um, but I feel like I almost want to do it again because I was, it felt like I was, it literally felt like I was reborn. Wow. But I was like reborn and then, and then had this like long period of time. And then this whole thing has lasted like two years, right? So it wasn't really yeah. just 10 weeks. It was like a really long time of just kind of like being isolated. And I'm, I'm single now, so I was by myself, you know, the whole time. Right. And right. It, it was just kind of like this whole 
past two years have been terrible for me because I've been really by myself. Like I moved to Northern California and the only person that I have around me really all the time was my brother, you know? So um, now things are getting more back to normal and it's, and it's cool. But I think that, like I said, support systems are, are a big deal. And if you don't have them, it's easy to fall back into bad habits. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I grew up without really having a good support system, if any. Um, and that's just to kind of give like to people who are, who are watching, who are in that position who are like, well, good luck then. Uh, Cause I don't, I don't have that support system. A lot of people who don't have that, um, you can use that also to, to build resilience, right. And to become stronger and, um, and you can use those experiences. Like if you really want to, like, I think David Goggins had this Euro support system yeah. and struggled with a lot of things. Now, I, I don't think he struggled with addiction because I know addiction can be a pretty, pretty tough. Um, but still, like you have examples out there that you can take inspiration from who, who, show, who have done it and can help you do it yourself. And I think, you know, sharing your story is, is, is first of all, it's rare, and but it's really important what you're doing. Oh, thank you. You know, the irony to me is I say um, meat, meat is the fuel and plants are the medicine, you know? And I, I really, really, truly believe that. So like, I believe like you eat meat, but then it's okay to take some mushrooms now and then. It's okay to smoke some marijuana now and then. Yeah. It's okay to have some kratom now and then. I think like these things can really, really benefit people like the... The things that I've seen, like um, psilocybin mushrooms, uh, yeah. do for people's like depression. Um, my ex girlfriend, yeah. the one that uh, it, it's ironic too, because like I got sober, but I never say sober because I don't want to insult anybody. Because I still use like psychedelics, you know. Right. I'll still use marijuana if I want to. I, I don't use right. it all the time, but if I want to, so um, you're not dependent upon it. Yeah, 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 exactly. And and none of this stuff I'm dependent upon anymore. I've learned that there are like. I don't know. People say there's no good food and bad foods. I'm really not a believer in that. Like, I don't think chocolate yeah. cake benefits really anybody, you know, stuff like that. Right. But, and, right. I, and I think the same can go for drugs. Like, I know people like to say, well, there's no bad drug. It's how you use it and blah, blah. But like, you know, I don't think people should be injecting heroin and snorting cocaine and uh, drinking alcohol all the time and right. whatever. Like, But I, I do feel that um, some of these other things like uh, mushrooms, like there's there's never been an overdose on mushrooms. You can't die right. from them, right? You oh, can't. I didn't know that. Um, people could die from ibogaine potentially, but what's really crazy about it is the way that people die from ibogaine is that they take ibogaine and it completely resets all the neurotransmitters in your body, including the ones yeah. for pain. So it like yeah. resets. It's like a reset. We actually call okay. it the red pill reset. <laughs> and okay. um, and so you, when you um do that your tolerance on everything will go way down. It'll be like you never took an opioid before. So say you have a really high uh-huh. tolerance to opioids, you do ibogaine, uh-huh. it's like you have no tolerance. And then the person relapses and go, goes back to their drug of choice, they could potentially have, you know, have an overdose because now it's way too much for them because their body doesn't remember. They still have the habit of a certain dose that they're used to taking, so that becomes yeah, problematic. Yeah, it's kind of like an Etch-A-Sketch, like when you shake the thing, it, like it wipes out, it doesn't wipe out your memory, but it wipes yeah. out the uh, neuro pathways that you've been stuck in, like wow. you've been stuck in this rut, and then it just disrupts them so that you can go out and do other things. And uh, I actually feel that coming up, 
that I think psilocybin mushrooms are going to be used for diet and weight loss. Like they make you not want to eat. And so I think like microdosing um, of these psilocybin mushrooms might be a great way for people to like lose weight. Uh, You don't, you just don't feel like eating. That's very interesting. That's probably also part of a self-defense mechanism because I see that with caffeine. So caffeine is a natural insecticide of coffee, the coffee plant. And um, the reason why it suppresses your appetite and your thirst signals is it's trying to kill you, basically. Now, not you, the insects, but um, that's a self-defense mechanism. By the way, that's... (laughs) That's Hachi, my dog. Oh, how cute. In the past couple of days, he has learned how to open the door. That's amazing. <laughs> and so I was teaching this morning class. And out of the blue, he, like, he does exactly what he's been doing right he now. Pops in. And like, he can open a bifold door. So I had uh, put him away to make sure he doesn't do that with our interview. But oh, I like him. Supervision was not around, I guess, for like <laughs> two minutes. And he... Yeah. Hey, um, so before we uh, get off of here, I'd like to see, um, because I think you're a great inspiration to to women, um, what does it look like every day for you, like as far as like your eating goes, like do you have any like special habits or, you know, what what does a day look like for you? Yeah, sure. So I um, lift heavy every day. Um, I like that. So every day we go to the gym, I do, let's say, 45 minutes every single day, except maybe one day of recovery. And I don't plan a recovery, it just happens. I also like my sprints. So I'll do sprints and um, interspersed with, with a little bit of jogging. Run, like just running on a track or something? Running. I have a treadmill that's literally right next to me here. Awesome. So I'll do that. And um, I will also do, um, so I'll, I won't sprint every day. I'll lift every day, but every other day I'll do my sprints. And then uh, on the days where I don't do sprints, I take a lot of dance classes. This is something also that you see on my uh, YouTube channel. Oh, I have cool. like dance, dance workout classes, but I want to, I want to make them like, I've stopped doing them because I just want to improve like the production of it. So I'm, pre- I'm constantly preparing for that. So that's why I'm always taking dance classes. And that's my workout. Now, with regards to my diet, it's mainly um, eggs and bacon for breakfast. And uh, for lunch, I'll do uh, chicken thighs and bacon a lot recently just because I'm cutting. And so when I'm cutting, it's, uh, I, I know, you're, you know, we're supposed to just do red meat, but it's just so tempting to go with a slightly leaner meat. So I'll go with the chicken thighs and um, bacon a little bit just to give it, you know, some extra fat um that's what i do with my piedmontese beef i eat piedmontese beef which is leaner so i can have some bacon because i love bacon i don't need a lot of bacon but just a little here yeah yeah exactly so what because see i didn't even know about them so that's why i did the chicken thighs but that's a great idea because then you get so many more nutrients especially something that i i found out the other day called nad which is kind of like uh, the one thing that's going to slow down aging. It's like all anti-aging research focused. Yeah, on I've done that. The NAD drip. You did. Yeah, I've and tried everything. I try all every. You know, I'm like a guinea pig for everything. That's amazing. You're I a biohacker. I didn't. You know, I only did it one time. I think a lot of these things you have to do multiple times, and it's very expensive. Oh. It's like I got it done for free just because like we're lucky and we know people. Um, so right. somebody did it for me for free, but they're not going to do it for free like 10 times. So they did it free right. for once. And then usually it's like 900 bucks. So it's like that that was the wow. end of it for me. Yeah. And it, yeah. It and just, I guess the only way say that again, it didn't. I don't know what it did. Like it didn't. I, I didn't. 
I don't know, but I guess, like you said, it's working on a cellular level at like a bunch of stuff that maybe you don't feel, you know? Yeah, well, supposedly it's supposed to restore the NAD plus levels that naturally decline as you age. And so when you restore that, the idea behind it is that you're going to reverse aging. And Dr. David Sinclair, who's a very famous yeah, Harvard him, yeah. aging researcher, he um, he does that with his animal models. And at least, well, he gives them a precursor to NAD. He gives them NMN, which boosts NAD production in their cells. And he was able to literally reverse aging um, in, in a mouse. Yeah, it was a mouse model. Um, and you can see it on the treadmill outrunning another mouse that is of the same age chronologically. Yeah. But biologically, it looks older. It's got white fur. Um, it's slower huh. and it can't keep up with the treadmill. So it's quite like shocking results. Yeah, the, the, um, but it's interesting because David Sinclair seems to be brilliant. And then when they talk about diet, he doesn't really know anything. And then you're like, well, how are you the anti? Like I, it makes me yeah. not like, okay, great. You have all this longevity information on, you yeah. know, on these drugs. But what about, what about the food? It's got to be important, you know? And um, yeah. I don't know. I wish I just saw days. more of that. You know, it's, it seems like the diet's kind of lazy for him. Like, it's not that important. It doesn't seem that important. It seems like drugs over diet in a yeah, lot of his stuff. Yeah, because so. that's his focus. That's his career. He's well-known around the world for his research. You know, you know being a Harvard researcher, um, I think when you are put in situations like that where you're employed and you have so many things hanging on a certain thing as opposed to, let's say, being completely free of all shackles. Yeah. yeah. You know, those things I think affect where you direct your attention. And I remember he was on a podcast with Dr. Paul Saladino again, and uh, he was, and Saladino was grilling him on the red meat thing. And, uh, and he was agreeing with him. And then at the end, he was like, yeah, but you know, you know, my, my, my wife likes the animals and my kids like, like that's, that really is a major driving force in yeah. what people choose to think is healthy or not. And I think it's unfortunate because it's like a whole other world that you can work with, you know, that can supplement your area. It's, it's frustrating. Yeah. Course. You know, I always say like Disney kind of ruined it for us because they made all these cartoons with all these talking animals that are really cute. We just, you know, we're we're like, well, we can't kill the, you can't kill the cow, we can't, we can't kill, kill the chicken, they, yeah, yeah, they're like yeah. our friends, yeah. right? And but it's what like, about the crop deaths? You know, they should make cartoons with, you know, spiders and rabbits and deer being brutally murdered during the harvest season. Yeah, so right. Then... Yeah, but it, <laughs> so it's like that's and and that's the fact of the matter is like there is no no kill diet. Everything, you know, every diet, even, I mean, like, look, there's. You can pull up articles that plants have feelings and they communicate with each other, you know? True. Um, yeah. So you're like, well, why kill the plants? That's mean. You know, like, they're just yeah. sitting there doing nothing. They're completely innocent. You come and chop it up and, and then somebody's like, that's yeah, but that's true. stupid. They don't feel pain. It's like, hey, there's arguments that they do, right? So, like, what are we really doing? And um, I feel like, in my, I don't know, in my mind, I think producing animals for food and doing it very efficiently uh, isn't so bad. One last thing I wanted to ask you is how do you feel? Do you feel there's any difference with the um, grass fed and grain fed meat as far as health outcomes go? In an ideal world, yes, for sure. Go with the grass fed. It's always, always going to outperform your conventional raising. But I think that whenever that question comes up, 
I don't want people to take it. Like I can't afford grass fed. And so I'm just not going to eat meat. Any kind of meat you're going to get is going to improve your health like 80 to 90% better than whatever you were eating before. Yeah, there's only Even one study about that. I think it's from Texas A&M and I can't really trust it because it actually says that uh, grain-fed beef is like slightly healthier and slightly better for the environment, right? There's uh, always going to be that one study. Yeah, you should look into it, yeah. but like, but it's but hard I, to believe because it's funded by the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, which is like right. a grain-fed, you know, like 97% of our cattle are grain-fed. Grain so it's fed. like, yeah. I feel like they yeah. did it, you yeah. know, I feel like it's a fake study almost. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Most studies are funded by certain special interests, and it's always that um, when somebody funds a study, even as much as we love the cattlemen and as much as we you know, love a carnivore diet, it, it's true that whenever it is funded by a certain entity, um, all often like it's what something like 60% more positive results compared to if it wasn't funded by that entity. Not only that, if somebody funds that entity of that study and it shows something very negative, they can even choose to not publish it, right? And it's not like the person who gave the money is telling the researchers you can publish it because that's unethical. But those researchers are starving for money. Do you know how difficult it is to obtain grant money? 90% of grant proposals get rejected. Um, and that's after you have toiled away in a lab to get your PhD and then you do a postdoctoral research two to four years. Most people do four years. And then after that, now you finally get a position as a professor, which by the way, only 5%, 3 to 5% only of professors get a job as a professor at a university within five years of graduating. It's very difficult. Yeah. And so by the time you've done all these things, now it's time for you to obtain grant funding because a lot of research universities, they won't even pay you your full salary. They'll be like, okay, we'll pay you half or 70%, but you're responsible for the rest. Wow. Like what? That They did that at the University of Miami. I know a lot of professors that I worked with, they were responsible to obtain their own funding. Is that where you're, are you at University of Miami or you went there? I did, I got my PhD at UM, yeah. Okay, yeah, Yeah, the doctor that, the lead um, specialist in Ibogaine, that drug I was talking about, um, Dr. Deborah Bash, she's out of University of Miami. That's why I interviewed oh, her. Yeah. Interesting. Really interesting yeah. stuff. All yeah, right, it well, was I, fun days. Yeah, I don't want to keep you on here forever. It was awesome to uh, meet you and, uh, Me and, too. and talk with you and get some information. And I'd like to uh, continue this another time when we have like more stuff to that comes up and more, you know, more things to talk about. So absolutely. Thank you so much. This is exciting. I'm very glad that we got to uh, do our first collab yeah um so yeah i'm sure there'll be plenty more i would love to get you in touch with uh piedmontese beef too so i'll just text you about that and i'd love to get them to send you some meat just so you can try it i think it's it's just a really cool product a leaner leaner beef you know so there you go i'm all for it thank you so much yeah and thank you so much for um you know being out there on instagram and youtube and all that stuff so uh where can people find your youtube channel and your instagram yeah, so my YouTube is Dr. Sarah with an H, Zaldivar. Um, the Instagram is at Dr. So Dr. Sarah with an H, 
dot zaldivar that's it um it's pretty easy to find me i think not yeah, a we'll lot of people have too. similar names so it'll pop up yeah, yeah. and uh facebook everywhere but mainly it's youtube i'm focused on and instagram i do it just for fun really i'm not i don't have like a strategy and is your anything, youtube channel just your name yeah just my name awesome everywhere yeah yeah great well have a great day and we'll be in touch absolutely thank you so much chris uh, have no a problem. wonderful Take day care. Yeah. bye